Welcome, everybody, to episode seven of Morbid Millennial. Uh, I'm Morgan, as you guys may be familiar with, and I am all here by my lonesome. Devin isn't here right now. So it's time for us to uh, go off the fucking rails a little bit. But. <laughs> Oh shit, you ruined the surprise. (laughs) Hey everyone, so I have a new unofficial third member of the podcast on tonight. Devin's actually feeling pretty sick, so she's not able to record with us. And so instead, this is my friend Ashley. Say hello. Hello. (laughs) What's up? I get I get to feature and I get like a promotion. Hell yeah. Unofficial third member. Hell yeah, you special as shit, man. Sorry, we can't pay you much. We're not really getting anything out of this either, other than excitement. All I need is attention, fam. <laughs> and I'm happy. <laughs> Me too, girl. We got alcohol, and we're talking about spooky shit. I am so ready. Oh, this is gonna, you're gonna so love this story, dude. So, we mentioned alcohol. So, usually we are pretty heavy partakers of wine on the show. Uh, today, I'm actually bringing a cocktail into the podcast, and I usually don't do this because, well, quite frankly, I'm lazy, but in this story, I was just reading about it, and you know, it sounded so good. I had to try it. So today, we're drinking a little thing called Scothine, which is a mix of butter, whiskey, and pepper. And some brown sugar added in because I'm a weenie. And And cloves. Don't forget the cloves because I almost choked on one earlier. Oh, yes. You thought it was the the little whisking stick. You thought I had shriveled. Yeah, I remember. (laughs) (laughs) I am not smart. (laughs) Keep that in mind. That's okay. We love you anyway. But this is a really cool drink. Uh, Feel free to uh, find a recipe, drink it along with us. It definitely warms the soul. And you'll find out why i decided to bring it on the show not just because i don't like wine see that's fair yeah i could have also given you mead but i also could have given you a little extra something because there were multiple cocktails i saw in this story i got a full smorgasbord of things i could have brought to you including something because i'll mention it now because it's just a lot of fun devil's breasts that sounds like my sort of shit (laughs) it's a lot more silly than you think it is man as it should be it was essentially just a chicken breast with uh two cherries (laughs) for nipples (laughs) (laughs) oh i need to make that do you want to take a wild guess as to what this story is gonna be about i hope it's the devil's tits man (laughs) (laughs) i wish it was more about uh devil's tits but no This week, we're actually going to be discussing uh, the Hellfire Club, specifically the Hellfire Club on Montpellier Hill in Dublin, Ireland. This story has several names. So it's also known as Montpellier, uh, the Hellfire Club, the Haunted House, the Shooting Lodge, the Kennel, and Connolly's Folly. Perched around 1,200 feet high above Dublin is Montpellier Hill, one of Ireland's most haunted locations. So a vacation spot. Oh, yeah. Dude, I'm going to show you pictures of this place. It's fucking stunning. This site is nearly three centuries old and has been the subject of many hauntings and other alleged supernatural events. Because I'm an art history bitch, I have to talk about the architecture of the building. Of course. Because why not? For those of you that don't want to look at our Instagram, I'm going to tell you about what this fucking place looks like. Because it's my show and I can do that. (laughs) 
The building is of Palladian design, which is a Venetian architectural style based heavily in symmetry, perspective, and mathematical pr proportions. This is basically to ensure that there is a beautiful view from all sides. And, bro, like, it is so pretty. I would so want to go see this place. Uh, apparently, it's a popular hiking spot and need, need to go there at one of these points. If not only for the haunted aspect of it. If not only for the haunted aspect, I just want to feel like I'm on the top of the world. Take a couple more sips of that drink you made and you will be. <laughs> I'm working on it. So the structure itself contains a hall and two reception rooms on the upper floor. A third floor on the eastern side, which house sleeping quarters and a ground floor consisting of a kitchen, servants quarters and stairs. At each side of the building is a room that may have been used to house stable horses, as well as a stone mounting block on the eastern side to assist riders on their mounts. To the front, there was, at least, not now, but there was a semicircular courtyard enclosed by a stone wall and gate. Please tell me what happened to the courtyard. How do you lose an entire courtyard? Time, my friend. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. And Most also, of my body has withered away because of time. Oh, yeah. And there might, there might be a little extra thing. You'll find there's an overarching theme here. And um, you'll find out that Scalthine has a little more to do than just a little re uh, rebel rousing. Rebel housing? Rough housing. Whatever those words are, you know exactly what I mean. Somehow I do. <laughs> Maybe that's just because I understand your language. Yeah, you interpret for me. Gotta teach Devin some stuff. Sometimes she just looks at me like I have a third head. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I should. So, a lot of the information that I found for this episode, I got so excited for. Because as someone who wrote a ton of archaeology papers uh, when I was in my my art history courses and i had to do that because god forbid i take culture cult jesus cultural anthropology i can speak i promise i can't <laughs> and the best part is i'm gonna leave that in because i don't really care if everyone knows i'm an idiot i think i've made a point at this point <laughs> but i found a lot of the information for this uh, through the Hellfire Club Archaeological Project on the website for the Abarta Heritage. It's a really cool website. I highly recommend it just if you like some information, want to kill some time. There is also uh, a free publication that you can look at. I got to read through it. If you would like that much info dumping, highly recommend it. It's called Sacred Skies and Earthly Sinners. But basically, this project investigates the nature of the grave passages and the history that made the site so notorious. So there's a mound at the rear of the Hellfire Club, and it represents the remains of a Neolithic passage tomb, including artifacts of megalithic art, polished stone axe heads, flint tools, and a mushroom-headed bone pin. That. <laughs> wow. <laughs> And it's really cool because charcoal samples from the excavation confirm the date of the site to be around the Middle Neolithic period. This shit's fucking old, bro. And so now for the building that I was telling you about. This was a hunting lodge and it began construction around 1725 from uh, William Connolly, who was the speaker for the Irish House of Commons at the time. Building of the lodge began with the discovery of an ancient grave passage and cairn 
Uh, I mentioned it earlier. It's a mound of rough stones that serve as a memorial or a landmark. And this was a great help in building Montpellier because, well, you'll find out. And also, probably, a really big reason as to why it, you know... Is haunted? Is haunted and also subsequently just had a bad history from the moment it was built. The workers, in an attempt to recycle the resources found there, took a large number of the cairn stones and used them in the building of the lodge. That's smart. Right? Like, why the fuck would you do that? No good comes from strange stones on a hill. Like, dude, there is literally a whole superstition about this type of thing. Uh, quote, to damage a fairy fort is to bring damnation and a curse upon yourself. And cairns and tombs similar to that of Montpellier were viewed by some to be places of the other world, protected by supernatural beings and to only mess with them at your own risk. So kids, if you see some shit in the forest, leave it alone. For God's sake. Please just leave it alone. Leave it to the fae. Some say that the decision uh, to use the stones is what began the paranormal history of the building. And whether that was due to the devil getting his panties in a twist or a simple storm, not long after this, the roof of the structure was torn clean off the building. But uh, in true human form, the roof was rebuilt. Again, with the remaining stones of the cairn. Oh my god. <laughs> it's speculated that by doing this, Connolly was trying to declare that he was a man of reason and science and that petty superstitions were beneath him. Oh, look how that turned out. <laughs> There's no real account about how the workmen fell about, felt about this. But if they were anything like the petty, superstitious common people Connolly was so superior to, they weren't exactly sympathetic or surprised by the initial demolition. And probably even less so when not long after, in 1729, William Connolly died post the construction of Montpellier Lodge. Bitch. <laughs> uh, yeah, white men in wigs. Go figure. <laughs> so, let's talk about the Hellfire Club specifically. We've talked about the building. The Hellfire Club began in the 18th century, founded by Richard Parsons, first Earl of Ross, and James Worsdale. I love how you were like, ooh, with the other guy, and you're just like, mm-hmm, and then James. <laughs> I couldn't find a title with him, quite frankly. <gasps> James. <laughs> Fucking James. <laughs> the club consisted mainly of persons of quality, or as I would like to call them, dickheads in politics and high culture. Accurate. but. To be more precise, these were people like high-ranking army officials, wealthy gentlemen, politicians, and artists. Some of these people can even be seen in a portrait by James. Fucking James, of all people. God, I knew it. James! <laughs> and it's actually hung in the National Gallery of Ireland, and I will be posting that on Instagram if you want to see a bunch of white guys in wigs. Actually, you know what, James? That's kind of cool. <laughs> Not gonna lie. He's a good painter. It's actually very good. So, in this common space, it is speculated that this is where many of Ireland's elites gathered to engage in immoral and degenerative acts. Of course. <laughs> Those white men in wigs. Because uh, what else are they going to do around the time of the Enlightenment, man? So the enlightened? I don't know. <laughs> uh, depends on what your definition of enlightened is. That's a fair point. They would meet at the lodge to drink scalphine. Cheers. Cheers. They would drink it from a silver punch bowl, always leaving one chair at the head of the table empty for the devil. 
many rumors persisted about the club. Rumors of widespread drunkenness, indiscriminate orgies, black masses, devil worship, sacrifices, and murder within the walls of Montpellier. Um. <laughs> I'm not sure if I want to visit this place anymore. Oh, see, this makes me want to visit it more. So, all of these rumors around it is pretty on the fucking nose, considering the club motto was do what thou wilt, which later inspired, you want to guess who? Oh, God. Alistair fucking Crowley. Oh, of course. <laughs> I will cover him eventually because I can't not cover that man. Um, Yeah, I'm surprised you haven't done it already. <laughs> oh, he's just he's so interesting. I have to savor that when I finally get around to it. Uh, they were savoring something over there. <laughs> oh, they were doing that here, too. Because many of the practices of the club are not actually known. Because, you know, secret club. <laughs> secret club. <laughs> secret club. No girls allowed. Exactly. Well, it's actually, that's the cool thing, too. Sometimes, I'm not sure specifically in the Irish club, but sometimes in the Hellfire clubs that were present in England at the time, women were allowed. Oh, shit. I don't know what roles they played in there. But Probably the orgies. You'll find out. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so it is also suggested that the lack of accounts about this is due to uh, the fact that the lodge is so remotely located. So most of the knowledge we do have about the club centers around rumors and folklore spread through publications like Robert Chambers' novel Book of Days from 1864 and the Gentleman's Magazine, which was a publication between 1731 and 1922. Snitches. Yeah, pretty much. The fun thing I will say now, the accounts we do have are because these guys were shit at keeping a secret club secret, quite frankly. The notoriety gained by the club is mainly due to their open mockery of the church, which took the Enlightenment's questioning of organized religion to extremes. Oh, so they're edgy is what you're telling me. Oh, yes. <laughs> and you'll see how edgy, my dude. Oh, I'm so excited. Even the name Hellfire Club was adopted because they knew that the moniker would stir up controversy and annoy the more devout and straight-laced society members. Oh, my God. It says hell. <laughs> Some accounts say that members would even dress as religious figures and saints while they, you know, acted a fucking fool. <laughs> Oh, yes, Pope Daddy. <laughs> oh, no! In a 1738 letter from a member calling himself Moloch, he described the practice of sacrificing maidens, which most likely just meant taking their virginity, but people ended up taking that literally because, oh, my God, the Hellfire Club! <laughs> How can you do such a horrible thing? In this letter, too, they also mentioned... The oath taken by new members, which I will recite for you because I can. Can I swear in? Oh, I, why not? <laughs> if you want to read these big fucking words, let's do it together. Honestly, with the day we've had today, I'm not competent enough. Just read it for me. <laughs> and you I'll, good. I'll, per I'll repeat it in my head. I got you. Pluto, I am thine. I, by thy efficacious mighty self, do swear all that is good by priest, rid fools entirely to abandon, and to let nothing share the least part of my favor but what is solely urged by most vicious and libidinous desires. Oh. 
flowery fucking language, right? Yeah. Like, it's kind of kind of hot. Not going to lie. <laughs> I don't know if that's just the alcohol. <laughs> Listen, part of me wishes that we still talk like this. And part of me is also very glad that I don't have to use that many fucking syllables anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. Like, there is a time for it. When you want to impress people. Oh, for sure. But I can... Listen, I surprised one of our coworkers by saying they were incorrigible and then watched him run around asking what that word meant. <laughs> oh, so it's not even a hard <laughs> word. So, I mean, it might be a little, little much because I'm going to bring you some more words. Give them to me. The Hellfire Club often conducted their excessive behavior in public, not just at the lodge. And their heavy drinking sessions were often attended by sexual assault and violence Ending in murder on at least one occasion. Well, of course. Because what else are you going to (laughs) do? Jonathan Swift even once referred to the club as a brace of monsters, blasphemers, and bacchanalians. I mean, that's what my mom calls me sometimes, just for smoking (laughs) weed. Honestly, we need more bacchanalian anything going on. (laughs) Specifically referring to the Irish Hellfire Club, as there were several branches of the group, The club was active from the 1730s to the 1740s. The club eventually had to relocate down the hill from the lodge to the Killikey Steward House when the structure was damaged by fire. Now, (laughs) there are many stories to explain the reason for this. Some claim that the building was set ablaze on purpose, either due to the club wanting it to look more hellish. (laughs) Oh, decoration. Or because they were doing it out of spite because Connolly's son didn't want to renew the lease on the building. Oh, so (laughs) petty or petty. Petty or edgy. (laughs) Yeah. There was also another claim that following a black mass, a footman spilled a drink on uh, Burn Chapel Whaley's coat. I'll mention Whaley later. He is pretty important. Define black mass. I'm curious about the black mass. So this is... Your tip. Okay, so this is actually a fun little side deviation I'll get into. And I'll return to the the story about Whaley. So, black magic was trendy around this time. And it was actually really common for uh, young and wealthy students to, you know, travel, you know, figure out the world. And they would go to Italy, where it was extremely popular. And they would end up bringing back a lot of these black magic satanic anything back and just going oh i'm so cool because i know about blood rituals and you know (laughs) bacchanalian stuff me too fam that was anyways (laughs) that was just a phase that we had when we were 13 but it's nothing (laughs) a phase i mean yeah Uh, it's a phase oh yeah totally the two witches in the room are calling it a phase (laughs) (laughs) it's just i mean no It's not a phase, mom. (laughs) (laughs) But when I say black masses, I'm usually saying uh, summoning the devil was involved. Uh, Quote unquote, summoning the devil. Oh. Uh, I'm usually also saying like a lot of, imagine a lot of ominous chanting, a lot of dudes in, you know, dark robes. Okay. So like a mass, like a. Like church mass. Yeah. I thought you were talking about like a hmm, like a mass. <laughs> <laughs> no, anyway, like a black mass, like a ritual. Got it. Okay, I need to 
Oh, I need to slow down on my drink. Shit. <laughs> no, you're good. I love that you ask me questions because sometimes I forget to explain things. <laughs> I'm dumbing it down for you. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> Thank God. I think I take myself too seriously sometimes, quite frankly. <laughs> Don't we all sometimes? So what I was saying earlier about uh, a footman spilling a drink on Whaley's coat, uh, they, they said that the fire originated because Whaley retaliated by pouring brandy over the man and setting him on fire. Oh, as, as you would in a <laughs> local bar. And that was another a thing I will mention later, too, is that um, the Hellfire Club was also known for its brutality. So, yeah, uh, so the sexual harassment and the murders, you know. Oh, yeah. But it's just the fact that, like, they would they would go to such lengths over fucking anything. <laughs> and, like, the subsequent blaze from this incident later spread through through the building and killed many of the members, actually. So it kind of backfired. Oh, damn. But whatever the means that this building burned down. Once the club relocated to the new location, club activities died down, only to be revived again in 1771 to be active again for another 30 years. Ooh. And this is the part I gave you a little bit of hints while I was studying this, because quite frankly, it had me cackling. <laughs> so the new incarnation, because I know you'll love this because I loved it. It was known as the Holy Father's. Oh, <laughs> so you could say the steward house was the father's house. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> I knew I'd get you. Oh my god, <laughs> the father's house. <laughs> For some background, because I know that sounds really stupid, I just really wanted to treat our little guest to a, a, a good <laughs> joke. Uh, me and her were driving to a friend's uh, party over at her college and we were driving down this creepy fucking back road and all of a sudden we see a church on the side with just the sign the father's house and there was just there were no other buildings it was just in the middle of a field so i was like oh, the father's house it felt like somewhere you'd get murdered so now anytime we see the father's anything we're like <laughs> oh my god it like i used to work in a a bakery and we had cheesecakes that would come from the father's table <laughs> the father's table in the father's house and now it's the holy fathers in the in the father's house keep in mind we both have daddy issues so bad <laughs> i mean who doesn't at this point isn't it kind of chic to have daddy issues at this point <laughs> i guess it's good to know i'm on the trend at least <laughs> for once <laughs> damn listen i'm saying the same thing about me don't take it personally anyways tell me about the fathers <laughs> So, once the group gained their new uh, moniker, the meetings once again took place. Like the Montpellier Lodge, the steward's house is also known to be haunted, specifically by a black cat with burning eyes, of which there are two possible origins, one of which you're going to hate. Oh, shit. One story tells of a priest who exercised the cat's soul during a ritualistic sacrifice, now leaving the spirit of the animal restless in the area. Uh, how do you exercise a cat? <laughs> That's what I said, but cats are already demons from hell that we pick up and kiss and love on. I mean, and they enjoy it, damn it. And if they don't, they suck it up. 
they enjoy it. <laughs> Even if they don't, they do. The other story is that of the Hellfire members dousing a helpless cat in Scalthine and setting it on fire. And you have me drinking this shit. I hate you so I, much. I knew you would look at it with disdain eventually. <laughs> I've drank more than half of the... Mm. <laughs> but yeah, so the cat uh, ran off into the woods, set ablaze, and ran until it died. And if that is the case, good for that fucking cat to be haunting the shit out of the place. I would too. <laughs> Do it on him, little kitty. God. <laughs> According to one story, story, yeah. story. According to one story, uh, during the time of the Holy Fathers, the members of the renewed Hellfire Club kidnapped, murdered, and ate a local farmer's daughter. That's hot. <laughs> one of the members, Thomas Buck Whaley, the guy with the with the temper earlier, Mister Brandy Man. Yeah, he eventually repented for this, and when he died in eighteen hundred. The Irish Hellfire Club finally disbanded. I mean, at this point, as they should. Yeah. Like, I was fine with all the orgies and all that, but they went too far with the fucking cat. See, that was actually something that a lot of society didn't really give a shit about either. In a lot of the pamphlets I read about this, the orgies weren't necessarily the part that everyone was mad about. <laughs> oh, okay. Because everyone in high society kind of already had orgies. I mean, yeah, that is true. <laughs> they just weren't so open about them. If anything, it was just like, God, keep your fucking bedroom shit to yourself. Just have sex in the dark like the rest of us. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to tell you some ghost stories. I don't have a lot of general ghost stories to tell you because for once I did not watch the Ghost Adventures episode on this. Oh, is there one? There is. <gasps> There's one on Leap Castle and the Montpellier Hill. It's a dual episode. I did not watch it because, uh, well, quite frankly, I'm lazy and I didn't want to this time. And I, I kind of got the gist. I looked a bit into it. You know, IMDb, the Ghost Adventures wiki, kind of figured out what was going on. Which wasn't much. <laughs> Just a bunch of... Gobbledygook. Talking shit to ghosts and <laughs> getting scared. Yeah. Just, what the fuck was that, Aaron? No, Aaron, Aaron, you go to the scariest part of the building and we're going to stay outside and you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> hey there, demons. It's me. Your boy. Your boy. <laughs> At night, it is known for strange smells of brimstone and blood to be noticed by those who come near the grounds. Delicious. Right. Sounds have also been heard and captured on EVPs, such as growling, screaming, crying, unexplained sounds attributed to poltergeist activity, and bells. Oh, and bells. Yeah, because why not? Why not bells? I mean, bells were, uh, are like an altar uh, addition. You would ring a bell during, like... That's, that's true. Yeah. So the screams heard... Uh, both audibly and through EVP, are most likely that of a woman who was notoriously kidnapped, thrown in a barrel, and set on fire as she was rolled down the hill to her death. So like the cat. 
Yeah. Minus I, the barrel. They they really liked fire in this club. I you know, I don't know what it is about the Hellfire Club, but they really liked some fire, man. I, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> Many have reported sightings of mysterious shadow people, a priest in black believed to be the exorcist of the cat, and two nuns known as Blessed Margaret and Holy Mary. Blessed Margaret, Holy Mary, I'm coming for your fucking priest. <laughs> What, you have a thing for the priest now? No, I'm going to fuck him up me, for Daddy, that cat. For I've been naughty. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> I mean. So, the female spirits are actually thought to be those of nuns, or at the very least, women who were dressed as nuns who had taken part in black masses. There are even reports of invisible hands snatching at... In- at at invisible jewelry (laughs) yeah my jewelry at visitors jewelry or even strangling them oh just that that's what i'm into man (laughs) okay it's it's starting to redeem itself yeah see now you want to go because it's a kink haven i mean yeah (laughs) numerous paranormal investigators have felt a dark energy move towards them at great speeds or felt a malevolent presence lurking in and around the lodge I want to tell you about some famous stories that I found. A lot of this is going to be like verbatim. And one of these, I get to show you a cool painting. Ooh. So a lot of these stories I got from uh, the Abarta Heritage Project. And it was from like... Our Irish Heritage. There's also uh, the school's folklore collection, which is basically this really cool collection of Irish folklore that the entire community got together to work on. So there's a lot of different accounts, a lot of different types of stories. Not, of course, all of which are true, but they're just stories that go along with the location of both the Stewart's House and Montpelier Hill but specifically the Hellfire Club. About six miles from Dublin, the Hellfire Club is on a hill. It is a medium-sized old castle. When the owner of it died, nobody else claimed it. All the men of the district came to play cards in it every night. One night, when all the men were playing their nightly game, one of the men cheated. The men rushed upon him, overpowered him. They bound him hand and foot and put him in a barrel of whiskey. They then set fire to it, burning him alive. That was a cruel thing to do, but then the men did not care. From that day on, the old castle was called the Hellfire Club. I mean, it's not too far off from what happened to that lady, but... Right? Here's another one for you. Years ago, some men were playing cards in Hellfire Club. One of the men let a card drop. And as he picked it up, he noticed that one of the men had a cow's foot. He was so frightened that he was afraid to tell the men. After playing for some time, he lost his nerve and shouted out what he had seen. One of the men then jumped out of his chair and vanished in a plume of fire through and out the gable window. Then the man that had seen the foot dropped dead. Oh, this is one of the more like famous stories that go with the hellfire club i've heard this story before and i never knew that it was attributed to this specific story and there's like different versions of this story some say like it's Connolly's grandson some say it's someone else 
some don't say that he dropped dead. Some even say like that uh, his soul was taken or it's a lot of different stuff. But this is generally the more overreaching true story, quote unquote, maybe kind of, you know. Yeah, it's a man with a cow's foot. Mm -hmm. You know, cloven hooves invited the devil to play a game with them. One legend tells the story of a young farmer who was invited to the club to witness the night's activities. He was found the next morning trembling and terrified and was believed to never speak again. So whatever was going on in that building must have been a roaring good time. <laughs> Thank you for entertaining my shit jokes. <laughs> Devin just gives me looks. <laughs> So, Simon Luttrell, a famous member of the Hellfire Club and one of those white dudes in wigs in that painting, is said to have settled his debts by making a bargain with the devil in return for him giving his soul seven years later. The devil came to collect while Luttrell was at a meeting of the Hellfire Club in the Lodge of Montpellier, and upon entering, the devil proclaimed that he would have the soul of the last man out of the room. After a scramble, Luttrell was indeed the last one out. But he managed to distract the devil and escaped. With what? I don't really know, man. That's just, that's just the story. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't suppose with his life, because if you escape the devil once, I'm sure he's just going to go, well, I know where that fucker is. Let's go. And, I mean, yeah. Let's go and grab his ass. I get what I want, man. I mean, unless he has like some really strong fiddling powers. I doubt he can, <laughs> he can beat off the devil, you know? I mean, yeah. I doubt a white man in a powdered wig could fiddle, though. Not fiddle. Probably play a mean violin, but definitely not fiddle. Yeah. <laughs> so, another story I'll tell you about uh, is about Lord Santry. We don't like him. Okay. He was a well-known club member, once forced a bedridden servant to consume a full bottle of brandy and set him on fire as he lay in his bed okay <laughs> they really don't get tired of the fire thing and <laughs> the, the alcohol and the fire and the <laughs> suffering and the wow and what's bananas is that this is one of the things we can actually confirm historically that happened because there was a trial that followed this and the trial that followed attracted so much attention towards him in the Hellfire Club. But Santry was able to escape a prison sentence by paying off witnesses and using his connections. He was eventually exiled from Ireland years later for the murder of yet another servant. Jesus Christ. With fire? I don't know if it was with fire this time, but I do know it happened. God. <laughs> I'm gonna... I'm, I want to think that it was either with fire or with alcohol or with both. I mean, knowing him, he also could have just smothered the poor bastard in his bed. No, that would be too calm. This Fair is enough. the Hellfire Club, okay? Fair enough. You got me there. Now for some stories about our beloved black cat. Oh. <laughs> a few years ago, there were reports of a phantom cat being seen in the area of Kiliki. A black cat, supposed to represent the devil, presided over the meetings, and sometimes when the meeting ended after midnight, a member of the club emerged as Satan, 
wearing the skin, tail, and horns of a cow to the terror of any citizens who happened to be around at the time. For some context about that, uh, it was said that a cat would preside over the meetings. So, like, there was an actual cat that they would have. And then they would douse it in this god-forbidden fucking delicious drink. Well, I can at least say, uh, I'm... According to what I've read, I can't be certain, but according to what I've read, it was just some really unfortunate tabby cat. But, uh, yeah, the, the use of like a familiar in, I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't really say this is a familiar. That might be a little stretching this here, but I can say at least, uh, having like a centerpiece of sorts during all these festivities would definitely make sense. And a black cat is like, of course, what else could you do to upset the Christians? Like, come on. (laughs) In the 1960s, workers renovating a nearby derelict house started to experience unusual events, including the appearance of the demonic cat in question. Artist Tom McCassie, who was overseeing the steward house's renovation into an art house, said that a locked door swung open, revealing a hideous black cat with blazing red eyes. That's kind of rude. I, I know. Like, he's like, oh, it's hideous. It's a little kitty cat, okay? Leave him alone. He pretty baby. He and just, also, he just he, angry. Yeah, he went through enough. Don't call yeah. him ugly on top of it, okay? Yeah, <laughs> black cats get enough bad publicity. He would later paint a portrait of that apparition which would hang above the dining table in the steward house for several years. Do you want to see a picture of the pretty kitty cat? Well, of course. If this doesn't make you think that Macassi was like a little pussy, I don't know what it would. (laughs) I take it back. He's kind of ugly. Listen, don't you say that. Regardless of if he ugly or not, if I saw that, if I saw that, just... Out of nowhere, I'd be like, you know what? That's a handsome lug. You're coming home with me. You're coming home with me. <laughs> you want some kitty? Pss, 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 pss. Like, <laughs> come on. I got a blanket for you. Did you just pss, 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 the fucking devil? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> what the fuck do you think I'm going to do? <laughs> Either I'm going to have a sugar daddy in hell or I'm going to have a hell cat for a pet. Okay. All right. That's fair. <laughs> At least you got your priorities straight. Fuck yeah, I do. And the final story I'm going to tell you about is about a local man who was found dead in a stream. The next day, he was found dead, lying face down in a stream. His host was convinced that the members of the Hellfire Club had murdered him, and so persuaded a clergyman to accompany him while he went to confront them. They arrived at the club just as night fell, and when they knocked at the door, they were roughly seized and dragged into the dining room where a banquet was about to begin. I don't like where this is going. <laughs> and you shouldn't. It does not go well. They were pushed into empty chairs as a magnificent... Yeah, magnificent. I felt like I added extra things to that. <laughs> no, it was definitely a magnificent-looking black cat stalked into the room and seated itself at the head of the table. And if that is the cat that was in the portrait... Good for him. He's a lovely little lug. Okay? I love him. <laughs> He's the king of everything. The priest noticed that the cat's ears were not erect, but lying like horns to either side of its face. 
The cat's wide, evil eyes glared malevolently at the clergyman, who rose to his feet to try to leave the banquet. He was roughly thrown back into his seat. He desperately produced a bottle of holy water that he threw with all his force at the cat. Oh, this poor fucking cat! <laughs> While at the same time reciting the prayers of exorcism. Oh, I just like that he didn't... It sounds like he didn't, you know, you know, toss water. He it, yeeted that bottle. <laughs> this bitch, holy yeet. No, he said that cat, Satan, yeet. So, due to the the everything that's happening. The everything. <laughs> Excuse my pause, but yeah, just the everything. Due to this, the building became engulfed with the flames of hell. And in the panic and confusion, the screaming of the farmer could be heard above everything. The priest continued to recite the prayers of exorcism until the smoke drove him from the building. Outside, he found the farmer dead, with his face ripped open gruesomely. The cat. The priest has said to have never recovered from the ordeal. Well, yeah. That's what, ha that, that's what you get for exercising a cat and eating <laughs> something at it. God. <laughs> That's my favorite story. That's my new favorite story. Right? Isn't that just fucking wild? <laughs> like, I knew you'd love the thing about the black cat, even if the, the skull fiend <laughs> kind of ruined it for Notice you. Notice I stopped drinking it. <laughs> hey, well, that's also because it's gone cold, so we can heat it up again and probably have a good old time with it. Yeah, that's true. And I can at least say, because we're not Irishmen, 90% of that is not whiskey, so it probably wouldn't set fire. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Except for the two shots of whiskey that you put in there. <laughs> glug, glug, glug. <laughs> but yes, that is the story of the Hellfire Club. I loved it. Thank you for having me here. Of course. I'm so glad you were able to do this. I do miss Devin because I do love being able to shock her in, into shit. But it is really fun having like a different perspective a different perspective a different visitor you know different dynamic it's always it's always fun to change things up yeah i feel like the story definitely needed a little something different a little something something <laughs> i'm a little something something damn straight you are you little chola bitch oh shit <laughs> but so uh i'm going to be posting some images on our instagram for everyone to see including the paintings that i've shown ashley today please look at the cat you gotta at least look at the cat he's <laughs> such a sweet little log we love him he ugly <laughs> he ugly baby as i feel like that as someone who's just had a lot of ugly cats i <laughs> like I would, I would love a possum. You know, like I think they're adorable. And I actually love possums. I love their little fingers. They're, they're so cute with their little goblin tree rat faces. <laughs> Who's a widow fluffy tree rat? God, that me. <laughs> so, thank you everybody for listening to this episode. Thank you, Ashley, for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I've been wanting to do this for a while. <laughs> I'm glad that we could have. We were able to like get this going and eventually we might be putting our own podcast out maybe hopefully hopefully we gotta we gotta work it out we'll see how it goes but for any of you who want to so so 
yes, do sew some things. I would love to see your crafts. Um, if you would like to show some support for the show, I can speak. Uh, I would love it if you could leave us a review. I would also love it if you could share us around, like tell people about us, get the name out there. And also, if you would like to send in a listener story or a topic recommendation, always great to hear stuff like that. And uh, for all of the listener stories that you do send in to us, Devin will actually be reading them out. Once we accumulate enough of them, we're going to be posting monthly listener episodes where Devin's going to tell me stories. That's going to be a lot of fun because no one really hears a lot from her. And I hear from a lot of people, too, of like, Devin should really speak more. Like, we want to hear more of her beautiful voice. And I tell her that all the time, but... I agree. I, the, I, I've only met that sweet child once, but I love her. See, Devin, I know you're listening to this episode, so we want you to speak more. So everybody, send us in some listener stories and some topic recommendations. You can send those in to us at morbidmillennialpod at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram at morbidmillpod. And we'll, we post, you know, updates about our episodes, so you'll always be sure to know when there's an episode that drops. You can also find us on Ko-Fi and Patreon if you'd like to support us monetarily. We would very much appreciate it. It would help us bring stories to your vulnerable ear holes every fortnight. And... <laughs> I'm sorry, that sounded like a threat. I, <laughs> I'm so for it. It is a little bit of a threat. Uh, pro- uh, promise, maybe? If you're into that. However you'd like to take it. But yeah, we do have some tiers on Patreon where you can support us just generally. Keep it going. Help us out a little. And if you would like to be a little extra generous, we do have a higher tier where you can get a shout out on the show. You can have access to close friends on Instagram. You can personally uh, recommend us stuff through our Instagram. Control a little more about how the show goes. And possibly get some free merch. Free merch. Oh, yeah. We got that in the works. Our first 50 patrons, we're going to be giving them a free round of merch. Oh, my God. And first 100 patrons, we're going to take all of the close friends suggestions that we get. And Patreon members only will get a special episode that nobody else gets to hear exclusive exclusive oh, shit. and it's gonna be only from their suggestions so you'll you guys will have a personally tailored show it'll be really fun i love that idea so yeah tell everyone about us get us out here i hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode try the skull theme guys it's really good as much as i hate it it's really fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> just just don't attack any cats be good people. I will come for you. <laughs> so thank you guys again. Signing off. My name's Morgan. And this is Ashley. And please leave us a review. Thank you. Bye. Bye.